0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Tuesday, April 4th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include the increasing costs of housing inputs, my interview with Michael Ferris about the impact of true end-to-end platform can have on the industry, and the latest remarks from Fed Chairman Powell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Origins. Origins provides integrated origination technology solutions that transform the lending experience. Their end-to-end digital mortgage platform covers the entire lending lifecycle, from application to closing, giving mortgage lenders the ability to replace their POS, LOS, and CRM stack with a single modern platform. Or use the modular capabilities of the platform to integrate Origins anywhere in your tech stack, wherever you need to make the biggest impact on your lending. With origination, processing, underwriting, closing, funding, and delivery under one innovative platform, lenders can achieve big results in less time and at a lower cost with Origins. Most other countries construct homes out of concrete, stone, steel, or brick, but here in the good old USA, we use wood, a renewable resource, right? I mention this because lumber prices, which the government doesn't control, yet, have risen more than 300% year over year, and hit another high on the Chicago Board of Trade yesterday, contributing to median prices of existing homes rising by 17.2% in March. According to NAHB's latest estimate, Rising lumber prices have added $35,872 to the price of an average new single-family home. Everything has a price. How much for the little girl? How much for the little girl? But we must think about lumber, land, the permitting costs, and so on when talking about affordable housing. Lenders are also concentrated on lowering the cost to produce a loan. So stay tuned for my interview with Michael Ferris discussing the next generation of mortgage technology. So today on the podcast we have Michael Ferris, VP of Strategic Solutions at Origin. So wanted to bring him on to discuss the next generation of mortgage technology and what the impact of a true end-to-end platform can have on the industry. Michael, thank you very much for for coming on and making the time. Thank
1: Rob, you. how you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm uh, I'm enjoying uh, some some cloudy weather here in Manhattan. How are you doing?
1: You know, a little cloudy weather here in Dallas too. So <laughs> we're on the same boat. Clouds everywhere.
0: Yep as uh, as we've discussed on previous podcasts and as you know end to end or all in one mortgage origination platforms are they're on the minds of many in the mortgage tech industry you tell our listeners why this is such an important topic for mortgage lenders
1: well, yeah, Rob, I think, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the past five to, let's say, five to seven years, there's been a, as I like to call it, a POS boom. A lot of people have been focused on the front end of the mortgage transaction, which is a very important part of the mortgage transaction, you know, in dealing with your borrowers, the online applications, consumer portals, things like that. Um, I think also you got to look at, you know, the back end of the system, though, too, um, what we would call the loan manufacturing or fulfillment part of the system. I think it's wonderful to get an application in 15 minutes from the borrower, but you also got to think about customer experience on the back end. Um, You know, getting an application in 10 minutes, again, like I said, is wonderful, but what if you're still closing in 30 to 45 days? Um, Is that customer experience fully, you know, baked in there and um, a a pleasurable experience for the customer? I think a lot of the all-in-one solutions like we have here give give that opportunity to the borrower to have that full transaction and full customer service, um, again, on the front and back end. I think if you've seen some of the POSs connected with, you know, legacy LOSs, I think there's some disjointed connections there as well. As you see in a net promoter score, that drops substantially if you ask for things more than once. And when you have one single system of record and one, you know, back end there with dynamic tasking, that's bringing the tasks to the borrower. So they're not asked for again, where there could be a disconnect from a static list and a POS and a static List and LOS with dynamic tasking both on the uh, fulfillment side and consumer portal, as we call it, it gives the uh, availability not to re-ask for those things and make sure the borrower is, you know, getting streamlined um, tasking to get to get what they need to, to to finish their loan transaction. I think that's very important.
0: So you mentioned a thirty to forty-five day close. I've heard some lenders celebrate a fourteen-day close millennials these days or even people that are tech savvy and are older than that are wanting things now they want it fast they want it their way where are we today as an industry in leveraging current technology and the realization of a true all-in-one platform
1: you know i think i think we're there with origins um i i truly believe that we can leverage all of that and get to that 14 days i mean i, mean, I know there's some ancillary services rob as we see you know with appraisal you know depending on how long that takes maybe some title could take a little bit longer but with the data flow and you know performing a transaction as data, as opposed to a forms transaction, I think um, helps that helps that move faster. You're right. I think Amazon changed everything for everyone in millennials. Um, When they want a gallon of milk, they want it in two hours. They want their mortgage. They don't want it to take 30 days. They want it in two weeks. Um, So I think being that data centric model with one single system of record where everything's tied
0: together, we can do that. And as a quick side note, if, if you had to bet optimistically in 10 years, what a, a fast closing time would be? Would you say it's still at fourteen days? You think we can get it down to three to five days? Can We do a one day mortgage. How how quick do you think it could go? You
1: know, I think it depends on the complexity of the uh, program, Rob. I think um, there you know, naturally, I think a thirty year fix should be able to be done in a week as long as we can get the appraisal, title, all of that back. That's very much something that could happen. I think you know there's different delineated workflows as well with the, another great thing about single system record and what we do in origins there. I think you have the availability to delineate workflows too. so that 30 year foot fixed should take you know a seven day process. Maybe you have a trust loan, maybe it's a co-op maybe a different type you know but you have a delineated workflow so that doesn't back up your 30 year pipeline in a loan manufacturing process. So I think seven seven days is very feasible for that to happen in the future
0: man if we could get to that i'd have uh, i'd have a lot of friends hitting you guys up to ask who your clients were so they could they could be part of that how has origins actually approached the development of a single platform to to bring this to fruition
1: you know originally as i mentioned earlier um we focused on the fulfillment portion which you would think you would think of a traditional los or you know your processing through your post-closing function we really wanted to put some automation in there because we thought you know that was kind of a a you know Looked on a lot of things that were going on. The POS boom was going on. Um, a lot of efficiencies for the front end on borrowers with the POS. We wanted to make sure that back end was was there as well. So. We, we focused on the fulfillment part of that, Rob, and then, you know, but we still did focus on the POS. We have our own POS, CRM, again, to make that whole single um, system of record in one platform. But what we, we, we kind of took the different approach. We said, hey, you know, we can, we can do this online application as well as our consumer portal for the data and document exchange with the borrower. But we really wanted to make sure that backend is there because I really, you know, it, how pleasurable, Rob, I keep on going back to this, but how pleasurable is the experience if you do your application in 15 minutes and you got to sit there for 30 days? You know that's you know that's not the most pleasurable experience. Like, hey, what, it's that hurry up and wait mentality. So, you know, with some of the automation we built on the back end, again, data centric, I think is the important part. Not looking at the forms. You know, when we bring back in third parties, um, we bring back in data and documents, so we can have that underlying data and you know persist that into the platform, um, just to help it make it more efficient for the lenders on the back end. So, I think that's that's a big part of that single system of
0: record. I think you nailed it with the hurry up and wait approach. So a lot of lenders would prefer their clients not to have to do that. Can you provide some insight for lenders evaluating different tech solutions for an end to end mortgage origination platform? I know it's kind of a buzzword in the industry and everybody, everybody touts this. How, how do they actually go about evaluating making the proper decision when choosing it?
1: The POS attached to a legacy LOS I think has provided uplift for some lenders. Again, I think, you know, so much of that is disjointed though on the integrations it's not really a connected system um, again static lists of uh, conditions on the front end and on the back end so you so sometimes you get some repetition on that on the borrowers with one single system all the way through you have that all connected so you know what questions have been asked what tasks have been made what conditions have been made again in origins as well you know associating what you know what what are the required documents to cure that condition again data centric but there is a document that comes back from a borrower or a third party we're just pulling that data out. And I think that's extremely important to get that end-to-end solution. You could tack a POS on the front end, but, but again, you know, with an antiquated back end, it's kind of like, you know, if you want to put a Ferrari in a Camry, a Ferrari engine in a Camry, you can do that. But are the shocks there, are the brakes there, are the tires there to support that engine? So I think building a newer technology with all of that built together really makes a difference in being able to do that transaction.
0: I agree. I remember when I was working at a fintech lender and uh, some of the time when we were putting in new code for our new code requests for our engineers, it felt like we were building a beautiful new world trade center on top of a terrible foundation, uh, a terrible basement that it, that was crumbling and decayed. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I can
1: agree with you more on that, Rob. It's what I tell sometimes, you know, whether the Ferrari engine or you're, you're building a spaceship on top of a Volkswagen, it's you know, it's going to teeter totter at some point and um, have some issues.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like origins is a great, great solution from the ground up. Thank you very much for for taking the time and coming on and talking to me today.
1: Rob, I appreciate it. And again, you know, love, love the podcast, love the subscription every morning, um, appreciate what you've done for the industry.
0: Spring is often associated with new beginnings, progress, and renewal as nature emerges from its winter slumber. And this spring, the U.S. economy is emerging from a years-long pandemic pause. We learned last week that GDP expanded at a 6.4% annualized rate in the first quarter as households, which are flush with savings as well as stimulus, continued to spend Expectations are for the level of output to reach pre-pandemic levels during the second quarter, as many consumers received a third stimulus check in March. During the first quarter, personal consumption increased 10.7%, and the personal savings rate jumped 21%, with excess savings, pegged at $2.2 trillion. Additionally, more Americans are getting vaccinated, with the CDC saying 55% of adults have received at least one shot through April 29th. Consumer confidence, as measured by both the Conference Board and the University of Michigan, are at pandemic-era highs. As the economy blossoms this spring, the Federal Reserve is keeping a close eye on rising inflation, but reiterated this past week that they remain accommodative and focused on supporting the job market. The probability of a rate hike in 2021 still remains very low, but will be influenced by the course of inflation over the summer months. Yesterday, Fed Chairman Powell opined that while the economy is not out of the woods yet, the economic recovery is, quote, making real progress, end quote. New York Fed President John Williams noted that current conditions are not nearly enough for a shift in the policy stance. On the economic front, growth at U.S. manufacturers slowed in April. Production is being held back by a lack of input components as backlogged orders surged to a record high. The shortages are adding to existing price pressures, reflected by the gauge of prices paid for materials jumping to its highest level since 2008. Manufacturers are increasingly passing costs on. Fittingly enough, lumber surged to a fresh record high yesterday with traders in bidding wars after the Chicago Mercantile Exchange removed limits on how high some futures pricing could go. Finally, the U.S. Treasury more than quadrupled its borrowing estimate for a second quarter and expects to need roughly $1.3 trillion over the second half of the fiscal year to help it pay for a raft of fresh pandemic relief spending. The new month got underway with Treasuries rallying and the MBS basis closing wider, meaning mortgage prices didn't move much. Today's economic calendar is underway with the March trade deficit in at a record 74.4 billion dollars the Mortgage Bankers Association's latest forbearance and call volume survey revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by two basis points to 4.47% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week as of April 25th, meaning according to MBA's estimate, 2.23 million homeowners are in forbearance plans. Later this morning brings Redbook same-store sales for the week ending May 1st and March factory orders. Fed speakers scheduled today include Dallas's Kaplan, after his hawkish tapering remarks last week, Minneapolis's Kashkari, and San Francisco's Daily. Today's New York Fed desk support is the largest of the week at $8.2 billion, including nearly $6.9 billion in UMBS 30s. We begin Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you, with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged, as is the 10 year yield at 1.60%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A pig, a cow, and a chicken walk into a barbecue. The end. <laughs> Thanks again to Origins. With the Origins mortgage platform, you can offer your borrowers and loan officers a truly modern mortgage lending experience. Discover the mortgage platform designed to evolve and scale with a rapidly changing lending landscape. Visit Origins.com today. That's O-R-I-G-E-N-C-E dot com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit RobCrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.